joining us. Before we get started with worship, I want to remind you that if there's anything that you need prayer for, don't hesitate to give us a call, send us an email, or submit a request online. We love to stand with you in prayer. Christianity is about seeking first the kingdom of God. What does that look like? Well, Jesus is the king, but he came as a servant, and we're to live like Jesus. Therefore, too, we should become servants, servants of the one true king. We need to not be looking to escape the world, but bring the kingdom to the world. Let's see what that looks like in today's message, Heaven, Love the Earth. We are going to jump right in, and I, I just put a title on this. Uh, I've entitled this, Heaven Floods the Earth. And uh, we're going to start with the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus said, But I say to you, do not swear at all by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by earth, for it's his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. So Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, where he's going to end up is in the city of Jerusalem. He's going to be ruling and reigning from Jerusalem. So Jerusalem not only has a past, but Jerusalem has a future. I want to just say I am very excited that, that the United States moved their embassy finally, finally, finally to Jerusalem. But one of the reasons I love to go so much is because it is not just a place with a past. It is a place with the future. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to go to the city of the great king. In Matthew 12, it says this about him. Surely the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is come upon you. He said, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Matthew 21 says, tell the daughters of Zion, your king is coming to you. Lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foe of a donkey. Jesus literally wins his kingdom on a cross. I think it's interesting. He hung on a tree to win his kingdom. Adam lost his eating from a tree. But Jesus kind of reversed that. Matthew 27, verse 11. Now Jesus stood before the governor. And the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, It's as you say. The soldiers, they're mocking Jesus, and they're bowing down before him. They put a crown of thorns on his head and purple robe on him and a scepter, a weed in his hand. And they mocked him, saying, Hail the king of the Jews. When he was put on the cross, the accusation, the reason he was crucified was put above his head in multiple languages. It says, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. In Matthew 28, when Jesus arose from the dead, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. By the way, who has all authority? It is a king. Now, Jesus is king of what? king of Israel, king of nations. In Psalms 2, God said to Jesus, and this is quoted in the New Testament, 
it is most likely one of the promises that God made to Jesus back in the book of Genesis where Abraham made the altars and cut the animals in half. And God the Father and God the Son walked through that bloody area and made promises. Here's one. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Now we say Jesus is king. Let me just say he is king of the earth. And the controversy is that there is a usurper that we refer to often as Satan or the devil. Now, before Jesus, I want to do you think of, just, put your, put, put, just think for just a couple of moments. I know usually when you come to church, you maybe don't want to think very much, but I want you to think a minute. All right? Jesus is the king of the earth. Now, was there any other man who was king of the earth? No answers? Adam. Adam. And literally what the usurper Satan did is he took Adam's authority. When he's tempting Jesus, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 5, taking him to a high mountain, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomsoever I wish. Therefore, if you'll worship me, all will be yours. Now, if the devil is lying, there's no temptation. And he said that the authority and the glory of the nations of the earth had been delivered to him and that he could give it to somebody else. Now, who gave it to him? Adam. Because at one point, Adam had authority. Adam had dominion. In fact, the first thing God said about him, and let him have dominion. Let him have dominion. So literally what happened when Adam and Eve bowed their knee to Satan, the usurper, he took their authority. That's why the Bible in 2 Corinthians 4.4 calls him the prince of the power of the air. He's called the God of this world, God with a small g, of this world or this age, this, this time that we're living in today. Jesus, like the first Adam, how many of you know we're all part of the Adams family? That's why we're all messed up. All right? That first Adam. The, the problem was this, that Adam and Eve did not reproduce in the state that they were created. They reproduced in the state to which they fell. So Adam sinned, and the Bible says, thus sin passed to all. All. So the, the, this, this Adam, who's married to Eve, uh, he gets us in trouble. In fact, it is a true statement to say that the whole Bible is written about two men that have the same name. And the name is Adam. The first Adam was married to Eve, lived in a garden, and got us in trouble. But there's another Adam. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, So it is written, 
The first man, Adam, became a living being, but the last Adam. So the first Adam represented you and me in everything he did. And he messed things up. So God sent another Adam. And we, we could say second, but it wouldn't be true. It would be true, but it wouldn't be true. Because he's not just the second, he's the last. He is the last representative man. First representative man, first Adam, messed it up for all of us. But the last Adam, the Bible says he came, became a life-giving spirit. And he is king. And by the way, kings have a right to rule. But what Jesus came to bring was a new branch of humanity. Because when God looks at the world, he doesn't see red, yellow, black, and white. He doesn't see German and English and Japanese and Chinese. When God looks at the world, he just basically sees two groups. He sees those that are still connected to the first Adam and those that are connected to the last Adam. Because Jesus came to bring a new branch of humanity. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The last Adam, he came to restore humanity. He put something on the inside of us. He said, you're different on the inside. The Bible says that God's seed, his life, it abides in you. Even John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. That, that eternal life, everlasting life. One word in the Greek. Z-O-E. Zoe. And it literally means life as God has life. Life in the absolute sense. So literally what it's saying is when we believe, God does something down on the inside and he makes us new on the inside. Jesus came to restore. In Acts 3, in verse 20, it says, And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until... The times of restoration of all things. Until the time of restoration of all things. God's plan of salvation is to restore humanity, but not just humanity. He, he is planning to restore all things. You know how in the beginning we start off, we've got man in a beautiful garden, and God coming down every day and fellowshipping with him. Hey, read the last couple chapters of the Bible. You get a new heaven, a new atmosphere, a new earth. God recreates it. He comes down, and we live with him and have fellowship with him. It is the restoration of all things. It says, which was spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. Right? Colossians 1.13 says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. 
and conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son. Literally what salvation is, is it's coming out of one kingdom and coming into another. In Romans chapter 10, in verse 9, it says, If you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Now, literally what you do is you change lords. You accept Jesus as your Lord, as your king. Right? And when that happens, you are translated out from under the, the domain or the power or the kingdom of darkness. One translation says the gloom and doom of Satan's kingdom into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It goes on in the 15th verse and it says, and he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, when it says the firstborn over all creation, so but when, does, when is that talking about? Acts 13, verse 33. It says that when God said that about Jesus was when he raised him from the dead. Right? Because he has always existed. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when it's talking about Jesus as firstborn, the best way to understand it, there's two things, is number one, he holds the position of a firstborn. And secondly, when God says he's born, it's talking about when he raised him from the dead. But salvation is about the kingdom of God. Salvation is about Jesus' dominion. Salvation is about restoration of all things. Big picture salvation. From God's perspective. How many know he's got the best perspective? It's not about escape, but it's about restoration. That's what it's about. It's not the let, let's get out of here. Right? Let, the, let the world go to hell in a handbasket. Because that's the, the attitude that a lot of people have. But what God is looking for is he is looking to restore the world. Jesus said, pray your kingdom come. Now, what we all think is we got to go. But he said, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. See, what God's plan is, is for the restoration of the earth. Now, again, people say, well, what about the rapture? Well, I, I would just tell you again that the rapture is tactical and it's temporary. When a rebellious world exhausts God's mercy, and you find this in the book of Revelation, God will judge the earth. And it literally talks about the wrath of God. But before that happens, something has to happen. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. But God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So before that wrath is poured out, the church, the believers, those that are connected to the last Adam are taken out of the earth because we're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. So we, we go to heaven. We stay there for a while, but we don't stay there. Right? 
at the end of that tribulation period, we come back. In fact, Zechariah in Zechariah 14 and 5 said, Thus the Lord my God will come, and all the saints with you. Hello. You're coming back with him, right? And it will be the time of the restoration of all things, right? Jesus, when he came, this was his message. The kingdom of God is at hand. In fact, everything Jesus did was talking about the kingdom of God. When he arose from the dead, he spent 40 days with the disciples, and it says talking to them about things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I remember Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right? That's what we're supposed to be doing now. And by the way, the kingdom is to come through you as you seek the kingdom. Right? That restoration of all things is supposed to begin now through you. The cry of the Christian heart is Maranatha. Lord Jesus, come. Right? But it's not, Jesus, get us out of this mess. Right? All, if you look in, in, in the Bible, end-time prophecy, the focus of end-time prophecy is that there is a king and his kingdom is coming. Now, Jesus said that kingdom right now, it's within you. And when he comes back, that kingdom will be enforced, right? The king and his kingdom, that is the cry of Old Testament prophecy. Not, let's get out of here, but the king is coming, his kingdom is coming, there will be a restoration of all things, right? Not, let's leave and go to heaven. The promise that the father gave to the son, I will, declare, I, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said, you're my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You'll dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Jesus is coming back to rule and to reign. The angel Gabriel said he will sit on the throne of his father David. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. It is an eternal kingdom, right? So salvation is not about your dying and going to heaven. If you die, will you go there? Yes, but it's temporary. You're coming back. You are coming back. You say, I never heard that before. I don't care if you're Assemblies of God, Christian Reform, Catholic, Presbyterian. I don't care what you are. Lutheran, every church believes that. Every church believes that. We haven't told you enough, but it is in the doctrinal statement of every church. Right? It's, it, it is not you go to heaven forever, but heaven comes here. And there will be the restoration of all things. John said, I saw a new atmosphere and a new heaven. And I saw God's holy city, the new Jerusalem, descend out of that place where we were, heaven, and come down to earth. And God comes down with it and said, I will be their God, and I'll dwell among them, and I will wipe away every tear, and there will be no more pain, and there will be no more sorrow, and there will be no more death. The kingdom 
It's coming. It's eternal, right? And Jesus will reign forever and ever and ever, right? Now, now we look at the world today, and how many of you know it's a mess? It's a mess. But is God moving? Oh, yeah, God's moving, right? In, in Nepal, in 1960, there were 25 Christians. Today, there's over a million Christians in Nepal. There's right now, there is a tremendous revival taking place in Iran. In North Korea, between in, the, in, in the last six years, the number of Christians has multiplied over five times in North Korea. It, thy kingdom come. All right? Now, and, and this really did filter into the, into the church, but, but Greek thought was that the material world is evil and the spiritual world is good. The Gnostics, which uh, the, the, this heresy was addressed several times in the New Testament, material world was evil, the spiritual world was good. And they even taught that Jesus, he didn't come in a physical body because that would be bad. He just came in a spiritual body. That's why the Bible tells us, 1 John, it says, Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is not of God. This, this whole, everything in the world is bad, but spiritual things are good, right? It's Gnosticism, it's heresy. It's heresy. God's plan is to redeem the earth. That's God's plan, right? God created the, 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 the material universe. And God said, it is good. He didn't say it's evil. He said it's good. Now, the pro one of the problems is that our sin even affected creation. In Romans 8, verse 22, for we know that the whole world groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. He's saying that, that, that man's sin affected even this earth. This earth came under a curse because of the sin of humanity. But as Christians, we are not to retreat from society. We're not to have this big, bad world mentality and let the devil have the world. Right? Jesus, excuse me, Satan, he steals, but he does not create. He uses things that are good and can be good, but he tries to make them bad. And what God wants to do today through the church is he wants to use the church, right, to redeem music and art and banking and education and sports and entertainment, all right, the military and science and our judiciary and journalism, the media and law and government and industry and plumbing and teaching and banking. Jesus said, so let your light shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The kingdom has to go into every area of life. And as Christians, we need to re-engage culture and bring the kingdom, right? Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom. And I really believe that one of the greatest problems that we have today is that as Christians, we live selfish lives. We seek pleasure. We seem to have no purpose. But our purpose needs to be to bring the, bring the kingdom, right? Uh, all culture is not inherently sinful and destructive. 
We need to bring the kingdom. We need to be involved. We need to possess it. Now, there's some things I just want to highly recommend you don't get involved in, like the mafia. Drug dealing. I mean, there's things, there's things that they are, they are evil, all right? But, but let me just say this. The kingdom needs pastors, but just as much it needs farmers, and it needs plumbers, and the kingdom needs truck drivers, and the kingdom needs teachers, and the kingdom needs electricians, and the kingdom needs engineers, and the kingdom needs bankers, and the kingdom needs lawyers, and the kingdom needs doctors, right? It is just as spiritual to plumb a house in Jesus' name, as it is to preach a sermon in Jesus' name. So when do we live? Now. You're not waiting to get to heaven. It is not by and by, pie in the sky. I mean, there's pie in the sky. Don't get me wrong. But we're not supposed to be seeking the pie in the sky. We're supposed to seek first the kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. That's a great description. His will being done on earth as it is in heaven is a description of the kingdom. So let your light shine. Right? Now, that doesn't mean that there's compromise. We do it in Jesus' name. We do it is under the king. So often when people try to cross over, they don't bring the cross over. But when, we, when, when we're dealing in this world, we need to bring the cross. We need to bring the kingdom. We need to bring Jesus. We aren't supposed to retreat. We're supposed to advance. I remember that song, Onward Christian Soldiers. Right? We need some good songs like that now. Right? Instead of just talking about roses. Right? As the kingdom, we should be militant. For God so loved the world. What did he love? The world. All right? he, he's not abandoning the world. His plan is to restore the world. To restore the world. Now, uh, i got two more thoughts before we close. First one, I've got a picture for you. Guys, do you have that picture? Right? This is Jesus right, standing at the door of your heart and knocking. And now, now, if you're not right with God, that is true. But look, listen, if you're right with God, the picture should be the exact opposite. Jesus is on the inside trying to get out. Hello? He's on the inside. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What's on the inside, you're supposed to get it out, right? Not right with God. Jesus stands at the door of your heart and knocks. But if you're right with God, he's on the inside trying to push the door down, saying, let me out. Let me out. Right? And the only way he gets out is when he's king. When we seek first the kingdom. When we're not living for ourselves, but we're living for him who died for us and gave his life for us. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, it's exactly what it says. We should be living for him. All right. One last thought. Ephesians 4.11. And he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. 
Now, I've got a couple different translations here, so I, I wanted you to see that this is not just in one translation. King James says, for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Another translation says, his purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving in building up the body of Christ. Right? So, so my job, all right, as one of those apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers, is to equip you to do good works, the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ. So let me just say this. If you are not doing anything, I've been doing a bad job. I apologize. All right? But I'm just telling you right now, God's plan for you is that you are doing the work of the ministry. That every place that you go, you bring the kingdom. Right? Another translation. So that his people would learn to serve and his body would grow strong. Let me ask you, are you serving somewhere? What are you doing? I mean, we've got plenty to do right here. Right? But you know what? They, they've got plenty to do at Mel Trotter downtown. There, there's, a, there's a hundred great places that you can get involved, but you need to be serving someplace. Right? And every place you go, you need to bring the kingdom. Right? Another translation. For the purpose of training the saints for the work of serving in order to build up the body of Christ. Another. He gave all these people so that they might prepare God's people to serve. Then the body of Christ will be built up. Romans chapter 12, translator's New Testament. This is in my notes, so let me just give it to you. All right. It talks to so many people, they're Christians, and they're like, you know, somehow things are just kind of dry. They're just not, I'm just not as excited as I should be. This is what it says. It says, don't let your spiritual enthusiasm weigh. Bind yourself to the Lord in service. Bind yourself to the Lord in service. Right? You, you, will, you will never experience the joy, the peace, the, the kingdom of God without, if all you're doing is sitting around and receiving. God's plan for you all right, is that you get involved, that you be, you, you, you're just not a receiver, that you're not a consumer, right? But that you, look, look the kingdom of God, it, 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 is, it is not a sport that you just watch. It is something that you have to be involved in. Your enthusiasm will wane until the day that you begin to do. You begin to serve and bring the kingdom every place that you go. I want to ask you something. Have you received Jesus or do you just know about him? Because so often we know about God. We know about Jesus, but that knowledge has not changed our life. So the Bible says to as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to be the children of God. It's not enough to just know about him. We need to receive him as our Lord, as our Savior. And if you're saying, I need to get right with God today, I'm away from God, I've never received him, I know about him, would you bow your head and pray this prayer with me? And we're going to do what the Bible says, and we're going to receive Jesus. Just make these words your own. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins.
and I believe that he rose again. And today, I give him all of my heart and all of my life. And I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven. My past is gone. I'm a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer from your heart and you received him, God heard that prayer, and you are forgiven and right with God, you're on your way to heaven. But you need to keep growing spiritually. And I wrote a small book that I want to send you. It is full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. Now, you can download it absolutely free. And the information is right there on your screen. And if you need a hard copy, you let us know. We will send you a hard copy free of charge. I want to thank you for being with us. We love you. We pray for you daily. God bless. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We're so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Heaven Flood the Earth, in the WVF store. You can also download the scriptures for this message under the on-demand page. We're excited to let you know about an awesome opportunity to help Walking by Faith reach millions of viewers around the world. Right now, any gift you give will be matched up to a total of $345,000 due to the generosity of some of our partners. If God is using this ministry to strengthen your faith, please consider making a donation today and help us use these matching funds while they're available. If God is using Walking by Faith to change your life, we'd love to hear about it. You can connect with us on Facebook or send us an email to yourstory@walkingbyfaith.tv. Next week, Pastor will be continuing the kingdom of God with a challenging message of how we're using and sharing our faith.